0: Get off your feet Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch podcasts, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. We seriously use a lot of their products. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the cool labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With true nutrition, whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, they have you covered. And is if you needed another reason to buy your protein from them, they now have all sorts of these boosts that you can add to your protein. I'm actually reading this off of the recent protein tub that I ordered. Caramel Macchiato Whey Protein Isolate Microfiltrated with Probiotic Boost, Supergreens Boost, Multivitamin and Mineral, Essential Amino Acids Boost, and Lion's Mane Mushroom Boost. And it still tastes phenomenal. So, go to truenutrition.com, look at all of their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You will not regret it, and you never have to question the quality of your supplement's Again, Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at stl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social media. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL@gmail.com at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. And you were complaining right before we hit, we turned the mics on. You were complaining about the Cleveland Guardians not being able to play today. I'm sure that hurts your heart. But apparently it's raining its ass off in New York. So they had to postpone it until tomorrow.
1: Well, this is actually good for you because I would be totally distracted right now because the game will be going on right now.
0: (laughs) Would you be sitting outside like you were over the weekend watching?
1: Eh, It's not as nice. Yeah. It's not as nice. I did enjoy that though.
0: It looked comfortable.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's the best thing about those Roku TVs, man. They're mobile. You can take them anywhere as long as you still have the internet. So I took a TV outside, one of the TVs outside and chilled outside in the beautiful weather and watched them, uh... Win in fifteen innings, so yikes! Yeah, but they were yeah they're supposed to be playing right now, but they get, get get pushed to noon tomorrow. Good thing I'm working from home. Working from home, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I would be totally distracted. They lost the first game. I was uh, I was pretty sour about that, but they'll be all right. They'll be all right. But uh, so far, the baseball playoffs have been fun. I know. Everybody here is bummed because the Cardinals got bounced, rather shamefully, if you will.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think it's more of a bummer for everyone probably because of the retirement of Yadi and Pullholes and like all the celebrations. potentially. That, Wainwright. potentially. Yeah, I mean, he says he said anything like, is he? he he's any- going to come back. You think so?
1: I think he's really butthurt that he wasn't. Um, He didn't pitch in the playoffs and wasn't going to pitch and start in the playoffs. I think he has a he feels like he has a point to prove. But at this point, it's like, bro, just call it like, (laughs) what else do you have to prove? Yeah. The only thing he doesn't have on his resume is a Cy Young, which is criminal because there were two years distinctly that I remember that he should have won it or could have. I think he should have, obviously, but could have could have won it. Right. That's the only thing missing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of, if he were to decide to hang it up, it would suck now, I think, because he would have been included in, like, all that celebration, and it would have been cool to see him go out with pull holes and Yachty. But maybe he doesn't want all that pomp and circumstance. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't think he wants that attention right now. Yeah. I think he wants to wait. I think he wants to wait it out and see how he feels. And I think it's different with pitchers versus position players too. Especially somebody like a yachty who plays one of the tougher, if not the toughest position on the field, physically speaking anyway, you know, the physical toll it takes on you over your career. Right. And that's saying a lot for me to defend him. As you know, I'm a yachty (laughs) hater, but you know, I'm sure everyone here will be sad to see them go. I, mean, just, I actually am just, kind of
0: just the toll it takes on your knees to be right. a catcher. I don't see how they don't get like knee replacements.
1: I mean, a lot of them do, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I'm living here and watching the Cardinals all these years. I'm excited to see a new era, whatever that new era might be. If it's the Goldschmidt or era, if it's the, I don't know, but I think it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I think, I think, Look, Yachty's good. He was good. I should, I'm sorry. Yachty has been great over his career. But I felt like he was a crutch for St. Louis baseball fans to lean on for far too long. And there was a lot of the, just the way that I the way that I sum it up, it's like when there was poor play or when they were down in the dumps and they needed somebody to step up and he didn't, people would just go, oh, well, it's Yachty. It's like, no, 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 no. It's a team that's supposed to be competitive, and we pay as fans to see them be competitive, and we pay to see our star players do things. So, no, it's not. like If a player is depleting, if their skills are depleting, then we need to recognize that. It feels like everyone here was delusional, has been delusional about how good that guy really is for a very long time. But, again, I'm a hater, so.
0: I mean, Pujol still had an incredible year, so... I mean, as far as that goes, you know, we've talked several times on this show about when is it time to hang it up for some of the greatest players in multiple sports in history? You know, do you leave with your legacy intact and, you know, on the top of your game, but it's got to be really hard to know that you're putting up great numbers in whatever you're doing and you're going to go ahead and hang it up. When you yeah. think you can continue to do it. You know, Tom Brady is always the one that we go back to, you know, look at the year he had last year and people were saying he should have retired from new England. You know, it's just, I mean, age has a lot to do with it with him, but you know, still I, uh, uh, MMA is another thing that we talk, we've talked about when it comes to player or a uh, fighters retiring and you know, how many do they have left? And you see, the scary thing of fighters just keep fighting because it's money. You know, the, the love of the fighting goes away at some point and they just keep on going.
1: Yeah. You know, so I, I I can't really compare fighters to or Molina, but I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying it would suck to think I've at least got one more good year in me because this year was really good. And then you go come out and bomb the whole next season. And, Then that's your retirement. Like, why, you know, I would rather leave on top, but you never know. You never know if you could be better or worse.
1: Yeah. But I feel like people always talk about legacy. But if you're a guy who's already, who has already built what some would say is a Hall of Fame worthy legacy, then what, even if you do have a bad year, it's like, okay, fine. You went on a bad year. I don't know if it, it it doesn't tarnish anything to, in, in my opinion. Now, some people argue that it does, but that's just stupid hot take bullshit talking head talk that gives Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, something to talk about. You know, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. If, you know, if Wayne Wright were to come back and have a bad year, then he had a bad year. If Yachty got a wild hair up his ass and was like, you know what? One more. And he hits 200 and he only plays 60 games because he got hurt. Who cares? Right. Nothing, nothing changes about what they previously accomplished. So while we're on the subject of baseball and accomplishing things, I want to talk about something. It's really like, and I, it's really bothered me, like some of the reactions that I've seen and some of the takes I've seen, but what are your thoughts on Aaron judge in the season he had now? I understand that he didn't break the home run record, but he did break a home run record. You know, I've seen people argue like, well, I don't understand why the leagues are split records should just be records for all of baseball, unfortunately, or fortunately for whoever you're talking to and whatever the fan base is, unfortunately, or fortunately, that's the way baseball is and has always been and probably always will be. There's always been an American league. There's always been a national league. They've always been two coexisting leagues, but two leagues completely separate of each other when it comes to players' accomplishments um, team accomplishments, so on and so forth.
0: But isn't a isn't there a big uh, comparison between him and Barry Bonds too? Isn't that what people are
1: saying? Meaning what?
0: Uh, as far as like steroid era versus now.
1: Yeah, and and that's fine if people want to do that, that's fine. And I think that's the biggest you know pro Aaron Judge folks are. That's the biggest thing that they're talking about is that he's done it in an era where there doesn't seem to be as as rampant (laughs) of steroid use and and so on and so forth. But, I mean, I don't care about that necessarily. You know, it's not the record. And uh, you're not going to hear me say he's the record holder, but he did break a 61-year-old record in the American League that at the time, when it was being broken – was an even bigger deal than Aaron Judge doing it right now because Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record, which was for the longest time considered to be something that was untouchable. Right. I'll be honest with you. If a player from a different team, let's say Mike Trout, had done what Aaron Judge did, it wouldn't be as big a story. And why? Because he's not a Yankee. The fact that it was a Yankee breaking a Yankee record who broke a Yankee record. That's why it's a story. And that's why people care so much about it. I got you. The Yankees are sacred ground they're They're sacred when it comes to baseball history. So, and I, I find it odd too. So Roger Maris broke the record in 1961. 61 was the record. Okay. Aaron judge. 61 years later Whoa. hit number sixty two. Weird. Right? That's crazy. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. So there are those things that make it kind of cool, but at the end of the day, he had an insane fucking season.
0: Do you think do you think it's crazy that it was sixty it's been sixty one years since that record was set, that it hasn't been broken until now?
1: Well, it technically hasn't, because McGuire broke it and then Bonds okay. broke Maguire's. But in because the American of, okay, League, I again. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And look, you got to understand, baseball, histories, baseball historians and people in baseball view the two leagues as separate things. Right. Yeah, there's a home run record holder. It's Barry Bonds, right? Mm-hmm. He's the National League record holder as well, but there isn't a record holder in the American League. Does it make it right? Does it make it neat? Does it make it... It, does it mean is it meaningless i don't know you decide it really depends on how much you care about baseball right i fucking love baseball so now look it pains me to be giving a new york yankee who looks like herman Munster this much credit it really does <laughs> i i don't i don't like doing this yeah. but the dude had an insane season insane if you look at his numbers it's insane so i think it needs to be recognized but then you have these fucking jackasses from various media outlets making these takes on social media like 73 isn't 60 or whatever like the comparing the two and it's like hey assholes we know who has the home run record we don't need to we we can count to 73 <laughs> we understand which which number is bigger you don't need to the, the like but then i saw some guys were posting because you know His home run chase. They were like, chase. Excuse me. They were taking time away from college football games to show his at bats. Like, guys, it's fucking September. You're really that worried about it? Like, (laughs) and it just begs the question: What really fuels the? And again, this is coming from a Yankee hater. I'm playing the Yankees right now. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck Aaron Judge. He struck out twice the other day. I was. Loud in my house by myself. <laughs> so, like, but it it begs the question: like, where does the the actual disdain for this this specific accomplishment come from? Is it because he's a Yankee? Is it because people are just are you Barry Bonds fan? Like, I don't know. I don't understand the actual from like media members. Anyway, I understand everyday guys like you and I. Right, and that and that goes even without saying. I mean, we do do a podcast, so we do get to like broadcast our opinions to people. So I guess in a same in the in the same sense, we're a little bit of the same breed. But like media members, like why, why are you so mad? Like what 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 are you so mad about? And I I beg the question of some of these guys. I'm like, would you be Would you be this upset? Would you really be even talking about it if, say, a Mike Trout had done it? Right. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about, for me anyway, because it always seems that when a guy who plays for a team like the Yankees and is a person of color or a player of color, and they do something outrageous or spectacular, more of the haters come out than than not, and it's very bizarre to me.
0: You, re- hmm. you think you think it's a racial thing?
1: I always think that way, man. <laughs> you see, but it, but it doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I stand by that. I know, but it's just the yeah. thought had crossed my mind. It's just this one guy that's on like bar stool, and I can't stand his stupid red face. But he always, always, always goes for the angle of the the hater take when it comes to a player of color in any sport. And it's like, can you just not be so predictable? Can you just give the guy some credit? Right. It's always, it's always that it's all football, basketball, baseball, whatever he's talking about. If he's talking about something that a player of color did, it's always this negative fucking energy.
0: Really? And he was really the
1: first one that I saw have this take, but like, yeah, he had a great season, but it's not a big deal. He didn't really accomplish anything. Like, yeah, he fucking did. Is this, how many guys in the history of baseball have hit 60 home runs in a season?
0: Is it Not a, that many. Is this a well-known thing, like a, that this guy is this way, or is this just your take on how
1: you see it? It's just my observation. Okay. It could be. It could be. Uh, and the only reason I've, I've seen any of this guy's stuff is because people that I follow share it. I don't follow the guy. I think he's a jackass, but... If someone I know shares it, I'll, I'll I'll watch. And sure enough, his Aaron Judge take. I was like, oh god, he's so predictable. Like, just give the guy some credit, right? You know, yeah. But you can't. So you always have to wonder. It's just you know, I just I'm connecting the dots with that one person. Yeah. Now, does Jeff Passan really feel that way? Who's when it comes to Major League Baseball, top three to five faces names of in the media. I don't know but he posted 73 is not or 62 is not 73 or something like that. End of discussion. Like, yeah, Dick, we know. (laughs) I don't know. What was the point of that? It's just such a lukewarm take from a guy who gets paid a lot of money to cover baseball for the biggest network. I just, I don't know. I, but this goes back to what we've been saying for a long time. It's like, why do they pay these guys to say some of the things they say just to get clicks, just to get views, just like what, what is it?
0: Well, I think that's exactly it.
1: Because 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 it's in baseball now, baseball, really baseball always felt like it was untouchable from hot takes. And I'll tell you why, not because it's above it or not because baseball's beyond it, or it's like is untouchable. I always felt like the guys who make hot tanks just thought baseball that was too boring to even discuss. The game itself, the players, the personalities, and baseball in general. I always felt like a guy like Stephen A. Smith wouldn't really touch baseball unless unless it was absolutely necessary. Like when an Aaron Judge hits sixty two home runs or something like that. So in other
0: words, golf isn't is kind of away from the hot takes also unless Tiger Woods does something like... 100%. Like, uh, you know, fools around on his wife or... Yeah.
1: You had two guys, two biggest players in the world talking shit back and forth on social media, talking shit on the greens, essentially. It was a story for that long. Yeah. You know, Tiger Woods, I mean... Until another Tiger Woods comes along, which probably won't happen. Let's let's get real. Now there's another golfer of color that comes along and Jesus. tears it up like Tiger did. <laughs> and then we got a different story. Dude, you know I'm right. How many oh, have man. there been?
0: I mean, he, How many he, have he definitely set a precedent. Um, I guess for being of color and and doing what he did, but he but he wasn't what what's his uh what's his actual race? It's two different, right? Or two different
1: Yeah, I mean there I there I think he's a lot of things actually. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. I don't really care. I never really cared. Yeah. I don't like golf. Tigers, tiger fine, but like I never looked at like, oh look at that black guy being good at golf. It was always like oh, that guy's really good. <laughs> look at that. Look he's, at that black guy he's, being good at golf. He's, He's way better than everyone else, but I would say that. But if somebody were playing like that, regardless of what they looked like, I'd be like, that guy is the best at his job. Yeah. You know, Yeah. but if Tiger looked like Rory McIlroy, it wouldn't be as big of a thing because there had already been white golfers that were that successful. You know, it took a tiger and a tiger to look like he looks to put golf on the map like that. Hmm. How do we get on golf I what are you I, doing to me
0: I, I don't know you're being all racial in this episode it's getting
1: I don't know man it's just that <laughs> that one guy really just pushes my buttons and it just had me thinking about it and I'm and... sure I'm
0: sure he's not the only one that's like that you know that's out there and maybe that maybe he pushes things in that direction on purpose because he's hoping people look at it that way just for clicks just for hot well, of takes, course as of we course said.
1: I think if you're a true baseball lover, which again, I am. Have you ever seen the movie 61?
0: A long time ago, but yes.
1: Do you remember anything about it?
0: Not really. Okay. Give me a heads up. So 61
1: On. is specifically, it was it was uh, directed by Billy Crystal, but it was made to tell the story of Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle right. in 1961 when they both, for a time, were chasing Babe Ruth's record. Right Now, Mickey Mantle was the beloved player in new york everyone loved him he could do no wrong he was their guy roger maris was not he wasn't necessarily a fan favorite he didn't have the outspoken personality he wasn't a guy that liked to talk to the media he just liked to shut up and play and once it became a reality that like oh mickey's not gonna break the record but this fucking guy might you know this guy got death threats this guy got fucking you know people showing up to his house his wife being fucking harassed um shit thrown at him while he was playing like chairs and shit. Like just for being a good baseball player. (laughs) Huh?
0: Just for being a really good baseball player.
1: Just for having a good year.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah.
1: I mean, he was good. Yeah. But that year he never had another year like that. Yeah. Good years, but
0: yeah.
1: And he's fucking losing his hair from stress and shit. Like because of it. And he didn't understand what was going on. He didn't, quite get, like, what What am I doing that's so wrong? And again, he had sort of, he didn't have the Mickey Mantle approach. And in the movie, Mickey Mantle tries to tell him, like, hey, man, you just gotta, you know, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he's like, you gotta, like, give these guys what they want. Talk to them. You know, be their pal. And if they say something you don't like, tell them the fuck off. You know, tell them to eat shit or whatever the words he used was. But, like, Roger Maris never did it. He just always had the sort of, I don't want to talk right now. And he was very closed off from the media and knew the New York media really hammered him for it. So I bring that up because it's a Yankee thing. Like I said, they're historic. They're like sacred when it comes to baseball. When Roger Maris broke that record, like you got to understand people didn't want that to happen. Babe Ruth was their God. Yeah. So I think it adds that allure to what Aaron judge did for people who know the story. And ha- even someone my age who I didn't see Roger Maris play. I don't, I, I had to find, learn about this later, but even I know the story and knowing the story it's very cool. So again, there, there was this hurts. This fucking hurts. <laughs> I'm diehard in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I, I was at a, uh, I was at the 2007 ALDS. I was screaming, Nasty things to the Yankees outfield because I was in the bleachers. Nasty <laughs> things, dude. This hurts to say, but I, I can admit it because I know it's true about the Yankees. What were you going to say?
0: Well, speaking of 61, like there hasn't been another race like that uh, since, I guess, Maguire and Sosa, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, two guys going for Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been the only time. When Barry Bonds right. broke the record. There was no one there. It was Barry Bonds. Right. It was it. He had no pressure from anyone else. It was his to lose, essentially.
0: Yeah.
1: Or his not to break, or however you want to say it. Right. So, in the same same case for Judge, I mean, but again, I know Judge didn't break the record, but he did break a record. He did break a Yankee record, which probably, to be honest with you, means more to a lot of people than Barry Bonds' record. I'll be honest. Because again, it's the Yankees. It's the house that Ruth built, which I fucking hate saying it. It made me cringe as I said it, but I know that's how people think about it. So my, my, my biggest takeaway from it is that let's just let the guy have his moment. Right. When the moment's over for me, because we're playing him. Fuck him. <laughs> like I said, so it just bothered me. It bothered me. Let me ask you something, and this is totally transitioning to something else. But so, somebody just put out a NBA's top seventy-five list. Okay, and they had CP three ranked ahead of Allen Iverson. This really bothers me. I don't like that. You don't like it either. No, me neither. I don't. I I think that's
0: like, is this top seventy-five all-time?
1: Yeah. He was ahead of them by like four or five spots, maybe.
0: Who do they give me their top five?
1: Let me find it. I know it's Jordan, LeBron, Magic.
0: Hold on, I'll find it. John
1: Stockton. How dare you, <laughs> John Stockton's there?
0: <laughs> I figured he would be. I just wanted to get your your uh, thought on that.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Larry Bird, Magic are the top five. No, this isn't the same list. Hold on.
0: Is the, li- is the list you're talking about in order or just top 75? Because yeah. didn't, didn't we talk about a list or two like a few months ago? Because it was, it was a pretty big story when it came out, and there were a lot of people that, were not, that did not agree with it. Because didn't they put like out what? like what didn't they agree with? I don't remember. Didn't they put out? Didn't they start out with like a top fifty, and then all of a sudden they added twenty five more to it? Then they added like twenty five more to it. Or Am I making that up?
1: Well, the fifty came out when I was in high school.
0: No, I'm talking like a few months ago. I thought there I thought there was a story that we had talked about, or maybe we didn't talk about it. Because there was a lot of backlash on where people were putting, or where the list had put a lot of players.
1: I know the top five was Jordan LeBron, Magic, Kareem, and Chamberlain, probably. I want to say that. Larry Bird, I think, was seven. Yeah, something like that.
0: Kobe better be at least in the top ten.
1: Kobe was top ten, yes. Okay. Which I was a little bit surprised by, to be honest with you. Uh, Meeting top 75 players of all time. Here we go. So I guess the athletic did this. Okay. Okay. So Jordan, LeBron, Kareem. Did I say Kareem? I didn't.
0: Yeah, you did. I think.
1: Okay. Bill Russell, Magic. Okay, I was wrong. So yeah, Wilt's not in there. So it's Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, Magic, Wilt, Larry Bird, Shaq, Tim Duncan is number nine. Kobe's number ten. Tim Duncan at number nine is
0: uh, a little
1: bit surprising. Yeah, a little bit surprising. Uh, then after Kobe, you got Hakeem, Oscar Robinson, Robertson. Excuse me. Kevin Durant, number thirteen. Did you I say Hakeem Olajuwon was number eleven.
0: That's surprising. Uh, Not that he wasn't a great player, but I just wouldn't. I d- wouldn't figure they would put him. That high up,
1: twelve all stars, two NBA championships, two NBA Finals MVPs, a regular season MVP, and two Defensive Player of the Year awards.
0: Man, it's decent.
1: Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Where's Grant uh, so Hill, Oscar Roberts- Where, Where's Grant uh,
0: Hill? Where's Reggie Miller?
1: Reggie Miller's in the thirties. Okay. So KD is at number thirteen, which I disagree with one thousand percent. Jerry West, number fourteen. Steph Curry, number fifteen. I mean, fine. Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett at number 17. Okay. Moses Malone, number 18. Dr. J, number 19. David Robinson, number 20. A little bit surprising that he's in the top 20. Dirk, 21. Charles Barkley, 22. Elgin Baylor. Giannis, number 24. Stockton, 25. Isaiah Thomas, Rick Berry. Dwayne Wade at number twenty-eight. I'm okay with that. John I just, Havlicek. I, I, I don't know 29. why, but
0: I feel weird like listening to a list like this that includes guys that are playing now and guys that played fifty years ago.
1: Well, you got to put some of these guys in there.
0: I know, but it's they just fucking
1: dominated. Yeah. Even though they were playing, my great uncle who fucking <laughs> was a carpenter. But anyway, um, <laughs> Chris CB three number thirty. Bob Pettit, number 31. There's an old guy for you. Pippen, 32. James Harden, number 33. And he's my least favorite one on the entire list. James Harden is not top 40 all time. You're not, no one's ever going to convince me of that. Right. Sorry.
0: I agree.
1: Kawhi is number 34. George Mikan, 35. Jason Kidd, 36. Patrick Ewing, 37. Steve Nash, 38.
0: Oh, I was just going to ask yep. about Steve Nash. Where the fuck is Allen
1: Iverson? Bob Cousy, number 39, Allen Iverson, number 40. So here's Iverson's numbers. Let's see how they, let's see how they stack up against CP3, because I've seen a lot of people posting about this being like, yeah, they got it right with CP3 being ahead of Iverson. So Iverson 11 time all star seven time all NBA selection, four time scoring champion. That's the one to pay attention to four time scoring champion, two time all-star MVP, NBA MVP.
0: Hang on. What? I should know this, but what exactly is a scoring champion? I don't know that I've heard that before.
1: He averaged most points that season. Four times. In
0: a season. Okay, okay.
1: Yep, four times he did that. Gotcha. CP3. Now, neither one has won a title. So important to remember that. CP3. This is how they start his... (laughs) The star point guard and vocal leader of those Lob City Clippers teams that never won anything, next to Blake Griffin, he turned a floundering franchise into a playoff regular and fringe contender. The Clippers didn't make the playoffs in 13 of the 14 seasons before his arrival. They went to the playoffs in all six of his seasons there. So that's why we're calling him better than Allen Iverson. He -hmm. took a shitty team to the playoffs and never won in the playoffs.
0: They never even... Made the playoffs with uh when Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson played. No, really,
1: that team know. was terrible. I
0: don't dude. know why. I feel like they did, huh? No,
1: no, no, no. So apparently, they're saying that Allen Iverson's four scoring titles and MVP was less impressive than CP3 and Blake Griffin taking Lob City to the playoffs. Who knows, dude? Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, why do you think Allen Iverson is better than CP three?
0: What do you mean?
1: Like that's a well, besides besides the stats that I just gave you, what would, what would be your reasoning for saying he's better? Or do you, you I, I just care how, about those stats?
0: I mean, st- well, okay. So I said that I said that I don't agree with Allen being behind him um without you telling me those stats now i i guess i was just perceiving like in my head i was just perceiving that those stats would that Allen Iverson stats would be better than his
1: and they are yes the 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 career accolades are much better yes can i can i tell you why i think he's better listening uh because he never cried in college when he lost to duke unlike cp3 did
0: like, what, what scenario was that in?
1: So what scenario was he in? That was a regular season ACC game when Chris Paul was at Wake Forest. Okay. They lost to Duke, and he was sobbing on the bench like a 10-year-old would.
0: Well, the reason I ask is regular season's a lot different than, like, a you know, a, a playoff situation. It was
1: not in the tournament, no.
0: Right. No. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I found the list interesting just because of that. And James Harden, James Harden really bummed me out, but so I asked you and you said, no, but so you haven't seen the redeem team documentary.
0: No, I actually didn't know what it was until you talked to me about it a little bit off air. Um,
1: CP3 reminded me of it because he's in it. Cause he was on that, that team, but it's dude. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. You especially would like it because honestly, no disrespect to anybody else on that team or in the documentary, that fucking documentary is about Kobe. Really? Like it's about Kobe. Yeah. Okay. It is about, it is about how he decided to join that team to prove to the world that he could be a team player. And he did. And all these guys were just in awe of him. Like he, he, so, so not because he was like a, like a, a, like a micromanager of the situation or like a bully to these guys or an asshole to these guys. They were just in awe about how badly he wanted to win and how much he didn't fuck around. It's cool, dude. It's it like, I've never been a, like I I respect Kobe for his game. Kind of where it ends for me. Yeah. You know, as a player, <laughs> I respect him. Respected him. I'm sorry. Rest in peace. And you forgot about some of these things that Kobe went through during his playing career, having to redeem himself, having to prove that he could be a team player, having to prove that it was okay that he ran Shaq out of town, trying to prove that he didn't run Shaq out of town. But there's a really cool, I don't want to give too much away because you haven't seen it, but it's a really cool documentary about, you know, the 2008 Olympic team that, you know, in 2004, they lost in the Olympics. Huge deal because, you know, American teams made up of NBA players were not losing on the world level like that. And when they lost, it was an eye opener and people started saying, hey, they they've lost it with the rest of the world. The rest of the world is caught up. A lot of the guys who were on the 08 team who are in this documentary played in that Olympics. A lot of them were younger, like LeBron, Carmelo, D. Wade. They were all young guys. And so with the 08 team, a lot of these guys who played in 04 wanted to be on the team to get it back. Kobe was just like, I want to prove that it can be a part of a, a team like this that can win. So there's one piece I want to give away to you because it, I forgot that it happened, and it made me go back and go, oh, my God, that was a huge deal when it happened. The opening game of the Olympics. Was it? One of the opening games. It might have been the opening game, like pre- preliminary round. They play Spain. Okay. Paul Gasol and his brother Mark are on that Spain team. Okay. And Kobe and Powell at that time were on the Lakers together. They were friends and he went up to LeBron and D Wade at the beginning of the game. And he goes, I'm going to run right through that motherfucker. He's like, I know what play they're going to run first. He's going to set a pick and they're going to do like, he's going to set a screen out on the wing and they're going to shoot it. He's like, I'm going to run. I'm going to run through his chest. And they were like, there's no way this guy's going to fucking do that to his teammate. And, just trucks them, just fucking mercs them, dude. And, and I'll be honest with you. The the most impressive thing beyond the Kobe story and, you know, them winning the gold medal, like spoiler alert, they won the gold medal. I think you knew that already. (laughs) But like the most impressive part of the documentary is LeBron and how normal he is. The LeBron that we've gotten to know over the last fucking 18 years or whatever, how many years, is one that like in the media, he says dumb things, but he's also like the guy in the community. He always tries to say the right thing and he doesn't really like show a ton of emotion. In this documentary, every other word was a curse word. He had like a lot of like personality and like shit you don't see from him. So it made me kind of go, oh yeah, he's reminiscing about a moment that was really cool in his life.
0: So this is current LeBron talking, er, talking like that?
1: I don't know when they filmed it, but yeah, I think they probably filmed it around when kobe died gotcha maybe some of it after right you know yeah uh so that was cool to see
0: yeah
1: it was cool to see him be normal and by normal i mean like me like curse every couple words and just say fuck it i i I, so yeah i would check it out it's it's a very good it's a very good documentary and again i I think think you especially will like it I think it's
0: funny, you know, you were talking about how, like, Kobe trying to prove that he didn't, you know, run Shaq out of town or whatever. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff that shows, like, how big of assholes everyone was to Kobe when he first got drafted. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he had to fight tooth and nail to get any kind of respect by any of those
1: guys. Jordan was a motherfucker to him.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, You can YouTube it. I mean, guys on the team. I mean, sh- oh, well, you know, sure. yeah, Shaq and, and all those guys like they they wanted nothing to do with him, And they thought he was a, pr- uh, you know, uh, a young prick I mean, coming in. I mean, he was and he probably had an ego and stuff that they were checking on him. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's, it's the, well, I remember the, the whole progress through that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I remember when they announced he wasn't or when he he didn't start and he was pissed. Yeah, he's like, no, I got to prove these motherfuckers that I should be starting. The guy's 18. It's so ridiculous, but yeah. So go check it out. It's a good documentary. It's really fun. Really fun. Cool. And it's kind of a trip down memory lane too. Like it's again, like I follow this stuff, but I forgot, I forgot a lot of this stuff happened. I forget. I, I forgot who they lost to in Oh four. I forgot that in Oh six, they lost in the world championships to Greece. Like you forgot about all this stuff. Um, and also I forgot how fucking good Carmelo was a killer back then. Yeah. He was a stone cold killer, dude. That guy, he was so good. And I, it's like watching them play now. It's like, oh man, just retire.
0: Did, Car- did Carmelo get drafted the same year as LeBron? Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay.
1: Carmelo, LeBron, and D-Wade, same year. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of that team, too, in a way, was kind of funny. It was made up of, like, it was, like, Carlos Boozer and Tayshon Prince and Tyson Chandler, who was one of the other... Uh, Michael Red was on that team. Like, Michael Red retired in 2012. <laughs> he didn't even make it that long after uh, the Olympics. But anyway, just go check it out.
0: So, wait, so, okay. As far as those teams go for the U.S., I guess like the Dream Team and the Redeem Team, maybe two of the m- most well known. Like, what are there any other years that had that? Um, I guess that spectacle around them.
1: Well, there was the Dream Team too, which was a pretty true. big deal. Yeah, true. But the year, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, the Dream Team obviously is the most infamous.
0: Which would have been what year? Ninety.
1: 94. 4 94 That's,
0: That sounds right. Okay.
1: 94 was Barcelona. Cuz I am pretty sure. No, no, no. 92. 92 because the the Atlanta Olympics were in 96. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, 92.
0: 92. Okay. I was 4. That's neat. <laughs>
1: Dream Team 2. Who was on that team? Well, I know like the year, the, so the last year they won the goal was the year that Jim, uh, Jim, Jesus, Vince Carter jumped over a guy who was seven foot tall. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty Remember icon- that dunk?
0: Yeah, pretty iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that there's that ever been. been a guy who can dunk like Vince Carter.
1: In-game dunker? Not a chance. Yeah. He's the best in-game dunker to, to this point, there yeah. there probably will be someone who surpasses them eventually because guys are just, dude, I saw a video the other day on Facebook, a guy, he fucking, his head was seven inches above the rim. Like they measured it. They freeze framed it and measured it. Like it was
0: like how, how tall of a guy are we talking?
1: Six, five. Jesus. Six, it, dude, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Dream Team 2. Dude, this is kind of funny. Derek Coleman, Joe Dumars, Kevin Johnson, Larry Johnson, Sean Kemp, Dan Marley, Reggie Miller, Alonzo Mourning, Shaquille O'Neal, Mark Price, Steve Smith, and Dominique Wilkins.
0: Alonzo Mourning. He was a son, right?
1: No, he played for the Heat. Charlotte and the Heat.
0: Why did I think he was, I don't know. I was thinking he played for the Phoenix Suns for some reason.
1: That's an interesting group of players. Is there a Dream Team 3? Yep. Let's see. Here. Is there really? Well, yeah. I mean, I think they're all considered fucking dream teams because it's 1996 U.S. men's Olympic basketball team. Is that the one I just said?
0: Yeah, I think so. Because n- the 90- nope, this 90- is a different one. 92 was Dream Team 1 and 96. 96- would have been Dream so team this two, team
1: though. has Charles Barkley, Penny, Grant Hill, Carl Malone, Reggie Miller, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Scottie Pippen, Mitch Richmond, David Robinson, and John Stockton.
0: Okay, that's probably the coolest lineup I've I've heard.
1: I mean, it's not better than Dream Team one. I
0: still, Dream Team that's one is pretty has sweet. Fucking
1: Michael Jordan. I know. Larry Bird, I, I get
0: I, I get it. But it's, okay. <laughs> If we're ranking in order, let's make that dream team two.
1: Yeah, I mean that one's that <laughs> one's that one is sick. <laughs> dream team four. Dream team four roster.
0: Which would be what, early two thousands.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I'm moving on from that. So anyway. Redeem team, go check it out. Yep. It's a lot of sports crammed into a an episode.
0: It is. Well, do you want to finish on something we've been talking about for quite a while now? And people are probably tired of hearing, but it's okay. The whole uh new the okay. The Ronnie Radke thing, which we talked about last episode and um how their laptops were stolen. Uh well now they're saying that they were misplaced. And um, he did another interview with your best friend Jose Mangan, and I don't know who the other guy was, but this was at a, a aftershock oh, festival
1: whoa, 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 whoa. The other guy was Matt Pinfield. Show some respect.:
0: I'm sorry, I apologize. okay why Why should I know that name? Is he a serious guy also?
1: He was on MTV way, way back in the day, one of the original rock metal guys on mtv and he also started a show on usa called farm club which at the time it was the early 2000s helped blow up new metal
0: okay in in
1: in a large way go to youtube just youtube farm club tv you'll see live performances by pod um spine shank you know all of the like Primer Fifty Five, all of the like maybe even Cold, all of these bands from that era. Anyway, okay. it's Matt Pinfield. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Okay. But anyway, so this interview was at Aftershock. Th- this is a lot more recent. I'm I'm assuming like how recent was this interview? I didn't look to see what the date was on it.
1: Couple weeks, maybe. Couple, I mean, cou- Aftershock just happened. So
0: okay. So they they seem to be taking the side of Radke. In yeah. this, and he does explain a little better on the whole tracks thing, and he also explains that it's not necessarily just the tracks, but a lot of things are uh, controlled by those laptops, including lights and stuff like that too. That helps that helps put their whole show together. So I I right. had I didn't know that I thought it was mainly just you know just the tracks for singing, but if their whole show is kind of screwed up, then I kind of see why they pulled.
1: Well, it's not tracks for singing. It's tracks for the whole production. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wanted to make that very clear. Like He sees a lot of haters talking about, oh, you need the tracks because you lip sync. It's like, no, no, The tracks aren't even for primarily for vocals. It's for everything else. He's like, we have a whole string section and this amount of songs. Like, if we don't have that when we play live, you guys are going to be wondering, well, what the hell happened? Right. Why does it sound the way it does? And I kind of expected those two guys to take his side, and I'm on his side. I I get it. My only denial of tracks would be if lead vocalists vocalists are actually using them and lip syncing, which I've seen. I've seen it happen. Yeah, and that I don't agree with. But
0: you know, I I think about it from the eye of the the person going to the concert too. And if they say they didn't pull and say they tried to put it together and it just didn't sound good. Is there a possibility that they're going to lose fans because their live show sucked or it just, it wasn't up to the standard they had expected because this is their, you know, could be their favorite band in the world. And this could be the one time that they actually got to go to one of their shows. And it, it wasn't good. It wasn't great. It just sounded terrible. I I wonder if that's anything that they even care about.
1: I'm going to answer your question with a question. Okay. If you know that your laptops not being there are going to make your show worse, why take the chance of losing fans?
0: Well, yeah, that, so that's my, that's my point is do you think that there there's enough of a chance that you're going to lose enough fans by it not sounding good, or do you think that that's something that they even worry about? Can I be honest with you? Or should they have come out and just said, listen, well, I mean, I I guess they did, you know, come out and say, listen, we cannot put on the show that we think that your expectations would be, would be for, without having everything that we need.
1: Yeah. No, so can I be honest with you, though? I don't think, had they decided to play that show bare bones without their laptops, they would have lost any fans that they already had. They would have pleased some haters who have been just waiting for that dude in that band to slip up. Right. Sure. Right. I don't think they would have lost people who consider themselves to be falling in reverse fans. No,
0: but we're also in a different age. Like we always say too, as far as music goes, but as far as social media goes and stuff like that. And you know, as you're saying, like pleasing the haters, how many haters are going to be in that crowd filming it and it not sound, oh, it possibly tons. not sounding great. And now it's all over the internet. Oh, tons. So now, not, so now not even the fans that were at the show, but fans who weren't at the show that are seeing these live videos like, oh my God, I don't want to go to a show. Now they lost ticket sales and everything else too.
1: Yeah. Well, I dude, You're right. I think I'm, I might be giving the band more credit than they want to be given meaning like, and I I don't think they should have played the show. If you don't feel comfortable playing the show, don't play the fuck show.
0: Right.
1: I I, I wouldn't. However, I think given who the members of that band are, I think they could have done it. And I think they could have pulled it off and made it sound good for their fans, but they didn't want to. So fuck everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, they want to put on a good show for the fans. They want to give the fans, the music that they hear on the records or as close as they can get it to the record. And that's fine. The old school guys like an Eddie Trunk or Sebastian Bach, like the, the stripped down version of what a band sounds like on the record and perhaps sounds a little bit different live. But Ronnie Rackie had a great point and he talked about it on this interview during this interview with Matt Penfield and Jose Megan. He's like, look, all of these guys are using tracks. They just might not consider it to be using tracks. If, if Skid Row or Sebastian Bach walks out to an intro that leads into a song that's a track right no matter how you spin it that's something that's enhancing your live show which is what we're talking about here right and he's right you know like i said we always use tracks to one allow us to have a click and two give us some some background music to fill what was going on we didn't evolve into and i'm saying we the last band i was in we didn't evolve into a band that used guitar tracks. Uh, we always had synth. We always had the filler stuff that you heard on the records. If there was synth in a record, you heard it live. If there was piano, you heard it live. Uh, hip hop drum beats, and Ronnie Radke even mentions that in his video. He's like, "We have how the fuck are we going to duplicate a hip hop drum beat on a live rock drum set?" He's like, "Fans are going to know the difference, right? It's like those are the things that we have there." from those laptops that we can't recreate. Now I know what he's talking about. Uh, so we would use stuff like that as well. Electronic, uh, like house beats and sound effects and whatever the case may be. Now, does everyone notice stuff like that? Or do they depend on hearing stuff like that? Maybe, maybe not.
0: Maybe not, but I think that the majority of people who are going to go to one of their shows, would like for the for the music to sound as close to the album as possible.
1: Well, their their generation of fans are going to expect it. Yes. Could because they've grown up in yeah. the era of tracks. Right. Unlike you, they understand what they are. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just now learn what they are. <laughs> no, but for real, for real. I mean, that. I don't know what the average demo age-wise would be for that band, but I consider it to be significantly younger than uh, the demo that, say, Foo Fighters would bring.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I'm talking in general, and I'm not just talking about Falling in Reverse. I'm talking about any band. The majority of listeners who are going to buy a ticket to go to a show, they probably love those albums, and they love the sound of those albums, and they would like for the show to sound a lot like the album, unless they're going to add things to it, to enhance it. They would like those songs to sound like the album. If they go out there and it's completely different in a weird way or in a, in a bad way, then they're, it's probably going to make them shy away from even maybe that next record.
1: You're right. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're going, they're going to expect it. So I understand completely why they, they didn't want to do it. Yeah. Now, again, I think I'm giving them more credit than they want to be given. At this point in time, but I think they could have pulled it off. I don't think they should have. I don't, I'm not even saying that I would have. Yeah. But those, we're talking about season, season guys.
0: Were, was this a, was this a Falling in Reverse show? Like they, they were headlining a uh, show or was this like part of a festival that they pulled out of?
1: You know what? I don't remember.
0: Cause I think that has a, I don't know why, but I feel like that there's a difference there.
1: I don't remember, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I see a difference in it. Really? Obviously, if it's your, if it's your show and you have to cancel because of that, now obviously you're going to try to reschedule and give those to people what they paid for.
0: Right.
1: So I understand that people would be more upset at the idea, but at the end of the day, you're a band dropping off a show. You know, you were supposed to get paid for the show. For sure. And you have the whole dilemma of like, well, do we still get paid? What do we do? Do we reschedule? Do we, you know.
0: I guess I, what I'm saying is I, I feel like a band could get by in a big festival by not. Okay. maybe it, it, not it, it sounding a festival. By maybe not sounding the greatest. They could get yeah. by more at a festival than they could by it being like they're, they're a show they're headlining. That they pulled out from. Does that make sense?
1: No, you, you know, it does. Uh, so the, the, the performance that they canceled was a festival. Okay. Will Will Rockfest in Illinois. Okay. But I thought I heard him say that... I thought I heard him say that if the laptops were in Nashville... Or, no, they were supposed to be in Nashville, but they were in New York. But, like, but why is that? Where does Illinois come in? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to question it. It
0: it was something like that. I think he said they were in Nashville. And the, yeah, I remember him saying New York. But they canceled
1: the Illinois show. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm not calling bullshit. I, I don't, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I get, like I said, I get why they would do it. And again, I I don't, you know, tracks are tracks. That's just the way of, it's the way of the world now when it comes to music. So, but good for Matt Penfield and Jose Mangan for taking his side. And you can tell he really appreciated, like, those two dudes kind of being like, hey, it's okay. We, we get it.
0: He did, it, it was still... Um, you have me critiquing Jose Mangan now and how he talks a little bit. Like, I, it, it just, it just seems like he, it's, it's an, a roundabout way that he explains everything. Like he's got to have, uh, you know, different it's examples, overly dramatized, uh, yeah. it's overly
1: exaggerated. Yeah. It's a gimmick.
0: And maybe that's a radio thing. Maybe he feels like he needs to have that for the radio. I don't know, but yeah. He wasn't talking about slaughtering animals or anything this time. So I guess that's a plus.
1: Thank God. <laughs> <sighs> that, uh, anyway,
0: I feel like those interviews have to be pretty gross. Which like, ones? Like just it, the, the ones at festivals like that. Cause I feel like they're just doing interview after interview after interview all day long with different members of different bands. I, I don't know. I just feel like it would be very uncomfortable. Which I'm you sure, think they're
1: more I, uncomfortable for the interviewers than the interviewees? Is that no, what you're saying? No,
0: no, I'm saying the interviewee. Oh. Like it's gotta be okay. very uncomfortable.
1: Because take it from me as someone who's done them. Yeah. At a festival where Jose Mangan was. Oh yeah, really? It's very it's very uncomfortable. Were you going he didn't interview? He didn't interview me, but
0: okay. Were you going into it, like regretting it already? Are you kind of uh, excited for or did you even know no, I that- was
1: so, I was stoked because I hadn't done it that much okay. I was like yeah oh yeah they actually want to talk to us and I was like oh fuck
0: did it go well it didn't go
1: it didn't go poorly but it, it you know' it's, it's awkward it's a little it's a little bit awkward because you don't know what you're gonna be asked and you don't know the whole time I'm like that was douchey what I just said like after I would say something like <laughs> that was that was stupid and it wasn't like you watch it back you're like okay that was fine but I don't know
0: were you wearing sunglasses inside? That's the question.
1: <laughs> Listen, you fuck. <laughs> were I wasn't you, wearing sunglasses were you Corey inside. Harding I <laughs> was outside in a tent. <laughs> and they told me to wear them. God. Unbelievable.
0: Oh, that's funny. Hey.
1: That <laughs> calls for another PBR. Did you watch Top Gun Maverick yet, dude?
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's really fucking good.
0: I've heard very good things.
1: Let me just tell you, I'll quick tell you my experience. So
0: Wait, before uh, before you tell me your experience. Okay. If I were, like, would you get the full experience out of watching it at a, dri- at a drive-in? Or does it have to be theater? I think that would be awesome. Better than the theater? Or better than watching it at home?
1: I think that would be great. Okay. Do you have the ability to do that?
0: I think so. I think
1: I would go do that. Okay. So let me, that, that that's perfect segue into my, what I was. So, okay. So for my birthday, my wife, the actual day of my birthday, my wife was like, what do you want to do today? And so the day before I was like, Hey, what if we, you know, cause my son's at school. So I was like, what if we, what if we go see Top Gun in the movie theater? And I'm thinking she's gonna be like, no, but, She's a good wife. She's like, well, it's your birthday. If you want to do that, we can do that. That would be fun. And then, like, I backed out day of. I was like, can we, let's just go, like, so we went and hung out uh, on the river and stuff, like Fast eddies and the loading dock and stuff. So that week, though, I was like, all right, let's rent it, though. Like, I don't care. I don't think I need to see it in the theaters. I think I'm going to enjoy it because I'm not watching it necessarily to be blown away by the cinematic. Right effects of the planes and all that stuff i'm watching it because of the, the, the nostalgia and i want to see how they retell this story and so we rent it make an eye of it we're watching it and i love her to death but my wife sometimes she asks too many questions during movies and at, at times you're just like you gotta you gotta stop so but i was so dialed in she was asking her questions and i wasn't really answering them i was just yeah she's like what i'm like yeah she's like i didn't ask you a yes or no i'm like yeah (laughs) and so we get all the way through it and it's the very ending scene and the credits roll and she goes well did you like it and i like there was this long pause and i'm like it was fucking incredible and she started laughing at me (laughs) she's like are you okay i'm like you talked to me too much during it. I was so focused. I was like, it's fucking incredible. I was like, it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Nice. She's like, seriously, you liked it that much? I'm like, yes. Didn't you like it? She's like, no, it was great. I'm like, yeah, but don't do that again. You talk too much. <laughs> it was fucking great, dude. You need to see it. Go see it okay. at the drive-in. If you can do it, go see it. Okay. I mean, you've seen Top Gun. You know what Top Gun yes. is, right? Yeah. I don't even know that she's seen Top Gun. So maybe that's where the questions were coming from. Maybe I should have asked that before we watched it. I assumed.
0: In in all honesty, in the, in the
1: ten years we've been together, she had seen Top Gun with me at least once. But
0: in all honesty, I will probably watch the first one again. Or do you think? Like, is there a you lot? Don't of need to. It, so there's not a lot of tie-in from the first one to. Oh, the there's second a one?
1: lot of callbacks, dude. There,
0: okay, so that's what there's I'm saying. There's a I, really
1: crucial one that you're gonna miss. Okay, I want you to pay very, very close attention to jennifer connelly's character okay okay Mm -hmm. pay attention to who she is wait till the ending credits if you need to just to see who she is and then i want you to come back to me and i want you to tell me who was she in the first movie so she because it took me until the ending credits to go oh motherfucker they did that too (laughs) okay i was like son of a bitch okay I'm going to challenge you to this. So maybe okay. you do watch Top Gun again. Maybe it'll help you. But it's a very good movie. It's very good. What the, about,
0: what about it, John Ham's character? Ham. John Ham.
1: Uh, he's good.
0: He's good. Are you? A, I think we've talked about him maybe before. But are you a John Ham fan?
1: I mean, I know you said you Mad couldn't, Men is could, one of the grossest shows. I'd
0: say. I know you couldn't get into Mad Men.
1: Fucking hated it. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't have anything against him. I mean, you know. He was good in the town. Yeah, he's good in bridesmaids. Some and, uh, I heard
0: about the town again on another podcast the other day. I I need to watch rewatch that movie. It's been a long time since I have seen it too.
1: Can I tell you something? So, <sighs> Ben Affleck owes me some money. For which movie? <laughs> the town. Okay. The town. <laughs> And I'm on record telling this idea to people. I was like, yeah, I'm going to write. I "I got this idea for like a screenplay or a book or something where you have a guy who essentially my idea was you have a guy who robs a bank later on meets one of the tellers at the bank falls in love with her. And then there's this situation where he has to commit another crime and somehow she gets wrapped up in it, so on and so forth. That's what the fucking town is and when i saw it i was like oh god damn i mean did uh, can ben affleck hear my thoughts <laughs> what's going on here it's not that unique of a story like I've, millions of people have probably thought of that he just executed yeah. it's a good movie did you ever see
0: the movie gone girl
1: yes uh recently for the first time oh really i love that movie yeah you know it's a lot- really good you movie.
0: know there was quite a bit of that, that was filmed down in cape Girardeau, right
1: yeah i remember my wife telling me that we actually
0: because we lived down there when it was being filmed that we really yeah there we actually had driven by like when a lot of the roads were blocked off and stuff while they were filming it's pretty neat
1: what year did that come out
0: oh i want to say i don't know when it came out i want to say it was it was was probably filmed because we got married in 2011 and we moved down there right after that. So I'd probably say it was filmed on 2012-ish. 2014. That's when it came out?
1: When it came out, yeah. So, so it's probably that, that makes
0: sense. That makes sense then.
1: Yeah, I want it. Well, no, because I already... Yeah, that's a good one. I like that movie. Yeah, I hadn't seen it all those years. I, I Probably last year. It's the first time I saw it. Man. Uh. I started the Dahmer series, which by the way, can heard, we, could we have just made that into a two hour movie? Why does it need to be a show? But ev- uh,
0: everything's got to be a show now, man. Everything's got to be. Yeah.
1: The only one I'm happy, like, Oh, I'm so glad that was a show. was Ozark because I thought it was a movie. Um, when did we? start watching it. I,
0: I have not started Dahmer yet. I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard the acting is phenomenal by that guy. But I, I I don't know, man. That that's one of those like I gotta be in the mood to be to get into something as dark as that.
1: I like dark shit. But I also sometimes at some point I just go, this is just it's it's I know it's based on a true story. So a little bit different, but I kind of compared it to how I felt when I watched Joker. And I've only watched it once and I'm never going to watch it again. Because I don't need to. I, I felt that movie was very, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel, I feel like it was over-dramatized for the sake of being dark. And for the sake of being, making you, the viewer, feel unhinged. Which is good for some people. For me, it's like, I like dark in a different way. I like dark that makes me think. The joke, Joker didn't make me think. So i go, this guy's fucked up. And I'm just waiting for him to do the next fucking weird, dark, gross thing. It's so the yeah. same with the Dumber. Like, I watched the first episode and I'm like, yeah, it's super dark and super kind of creepy, but uh, I, I don't know that I care. I don't know that I care. Like, I'm not thinking. I'm just watching gross shit happen. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, you, you want to watch like a thriller and you want to be like, you want to be... Challenge to be like what's thinking what's about happen the situation. Next?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But also, like, what happened before? What led to yeah. this? Why are we? like I don't feel like Joker did that at all, and a lot of people say it did. I, I didn't get that. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Yeah. And this with Dahmer, it's just like, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know. But apparently, like the the rest of the show really gets into his dad and his family life, which I love. The guy that plays his dad, uh, Richard Jenkins. And stepbrothers, and yeah. Um, he actually came to a film class when I was in college. Oh, really? Met him, very cool guy. Yeah, he was a uh, college buddies with my film teacher, so he always does him favors. That's cool. Anyway, uh, he's in it, and I really like him. I think he's a fucking phenomenal actor, so I want to continue watching just for that. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I fucking care. one of those it's one of those things you remember the did you see the 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 trailer came out it was a netflix movie it was called game day maybe it was about college football players wanting to get paid and the one guy sits out the national championship game or something i don't think so let me see here but the dude so the dude who plays the coach is a guy that i really like i think he's an outstanding actor uh ct fletcher no, that's not him. Hold on. What is that guy's name? God damn it. Uh I don't know why CT Fletcher is He's such a bodybuilder guy. I don't know where or how <laughs> that happened. What is that guy's name? Oh, JK Simmons. I knew it was like a CT or a JK. JK Simmons plays the coach. I really like that guy. JK Simmons I know was the, in I know Whiplash. He was in
0: Oh, in, yeah, 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 yeah. So much shit. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let me find out what this movie was called. Uh,
0: Now I think he just does those uh, American Family commercials that he does.
1: Getting paid. Yeah. That's what that is. (laughs) Getting paid. National Champions is the name of the movie. Okay. Came out last year. But, uh, you know, that was one of those movies, too, where I was like, I don't really give a fuck but I want to watch it for this one guy follow star quarterback who ignites a player strike hours before the biggest game of the year in order to fight for fair compensation, equality, and respect for student athletes. Yeah. So not a tall tale, something we've heard before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go, go watch. I'm not going to tell you to watch Dahmer. You decide if you want to do that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. They went hard in the first episode. Is that all you've seen is just
0: the first episode?
1: That's all I did so far. Watched it last night. And I probably did it just so I could talk about it with you here. But uh, again, I might finish it. I might continue. Which, by the way, have you seen that movie? Have you heard of that movie, Bros? No. So... uh, Let me look it up and give you the synopsis. Maybe pull. Will we get? Will we get booted if we watch the trailer here? Probably.
0: Uh, probably if we watch it. I mean, can? Well, I mean, I can play it. Just the audio.
1: No, that's no fun. (laughs) All right, so it's essentially it's a gay rom com, and there's a lot of gratuitous sex with the two male stars of the movie. Um, the guy who directed it and starred in it is Billy Eichner. Do you know who that is?
0: I know the name.
1: He has a TV show or had a TV show. I don't know if he still does it. And I've only seen clips of it on social media, but he basically would just like walk up to people in the street and be a total dick to them. He'd walk up to girl and be like, you look fat today or stuff like that. Okay. Just to get like a reaction out of people. Okay. And he's been in some other movies. You know what he was in? He was in that show that we both like. Uh, friends from college. Friends, friends uh, friend. Yeah, he's Fred Savage's boyfriend, fiance, husband.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that guy. I know you're talking about. So
1: he's in this movie, okay, as a podcaster who is gay and single and and doesn't want to like get in a relationship, but meets this lawyer, and they just it's a bunch of it's a rom com, but it's two gay guys. So they put a shit ton of promotion into this movie, and like they, I've read the story and then heard heard about it on a podcast. But like, sp- apparently, spent a shit ton of money, millions and millions of dollars promoting it, and it just tanked, tanked. Nice. Didn't didn't do well at the box office. It's just not doing well. Well, Billy Eichner got interviewed, and he was like, "Yeah, heterosexuals have screwed us once again," or like, "The straights have like <laughs> whatever." Um, I was like, "Well, hi. and you know." Tim Dillon said it best. Who, by the way, is a gay man? Uh, He's like, well, how do you explain Birdcage or uh, what's the one with Heath Ledger and uh, fuck, fuck, Brokeback Mountain? What is it? Brokeback Mountain. Yes, yes, yes. He's like, well, how do you explain those movies that were giant successes, both really central, centered around a gay relationship? Yeah. So, you know, if you watch the trailer, you'll be like, yeah, this just isn't funny. It's just kind of. But apparently, there's just like hardcore sex scenes in it, which is really off-putting for a lot of people. And it's like it's it's marketed in a way where you would want to get like teenagers to go see it, calling it bros, but then like tagging it as this like silly little rom com. Like, I mean, watch the trailer. It's... Like, I I really want to watch it now. And if we have to cut it, we can cut it. But <laughs> I want to I want your reaction to the trailer because you're gonna be like, okay. Swing and a miss. I think like, even if you watch the trailer, but I think the biggest story behind it is, you know, this guy coming out being like, yeah, well, straight people are the reason my movie failed. It's like, well, is it, or does the movie, is it just not good? Sometimes movies aren't good. Maybe you didn't make a good movie.
0: Yes. But like, if you know, like you're saying, like the gratuitous sex scenes and stuff like that, I don't know that we're there yet in like in, huh? in culture.
1: With two men, you mean? Yes. Oh, so you're, you're taking the homophobic route on this? Okay.
0: I'm not, I'm not run necessarily run with it. Run with it. Run with
1: it. No, no. I'm. That's I'm fine. not
0: necessarily saying that it's it's a homophobic thing. I'm just saying that it's still whether it should be or not. It's still a, a an a, like an odd thing for a lot of people to think about and to see er, to see it being normal, just like a man and a woman on screen. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think a lot A you're lot of people us kicked off, You're going to get us kicked <laughs> off the internet, dude. I just, I mean, I get ser- seriously, as a culture, I just don't, I don't know that everyone's there yet.
1: Are we ready? Wedi- are we ready for it to be a drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler, rom-com? Probably not. We meaning society, right? I'm okay with it. I'm not going to see it. I don't like rom-coms necessarily anyway. I did just watch Along Came Polly like two <laughs> nights ago. Fuck. Fuck. But um
0: because you like the movie or or what was that? I actually a...
1: really do just enjoy that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman has two or three scenes where I I know they're coming. I've seen it a dozen times. I still laugh out loud. Still.
0: Yeah. I reme- I remember I think it was even maybe in the trailer too. That one scene where they're playing basketball. Raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ice man. <laughs> Dude, Dude, I i I don't know that there's many comedies also that Ben Stiller's done that I haven't been a fan of. I really like Ben Stiller. Oh, he's
1: done plenty that I'm not a fan of. Like I'll give you the biggest one. What's that? Hate Zoolander. Okay, Hate
0: it. Okay, yeah. I don't... <laughs> In my head, I don't count that because it's just like a goofy... Whack. I mean, no, it's considered to be a comedy. It's like one of his biggest I movies. I uh, I wouldn't say...
1: The only biggest. scene that I like is when all the gay guys are at the gas pump spraying gas on each other. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I think so. Oh, my God. Pull that scene up right now, please. <laughs> no, the, the
0: biggest thing I remember from, I guess, from that movie is like... It was another trailer thing, but it's like when him and uh, Owen Wilson are uh, messing with the computers... They're like, it's in the computers?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. I just, I may, I'm, I'm probably really late to the party, but I just realized or heard, like, maybe last year, that Jerry Stiller was his dad. I had no idea that that was his dad.
1: You know he's been in movies with him, right?
0: Yeah, I know. Well, what, what, um...
1: And played his dad. Yeah. So you watched the ending credits. You saw, oh, Ben Stiller, Jerry Stiller, father son, but not in real life. There's no way.
0: No, I don't remember. Well, I always remember him from uh, Jerry Stiller from King of Queens. Sure. And I, uh, I guess the thing that it made me, it blew my mind was because do you remember the movie Heavyweights? That Ben Stiller did? Well, Jerry Stiller was in that also. It wasn't his dad in it, I don't think. I think they were like the original owners of the camp.
1: Can we be honest about Heavyweights? <laughs> that was his character from Dodgeball.
0: Uh, yeah, kinda.
1: It I, was the I same character.
0: I get it, character. I get it,
1: I get it. One movie just didn't do well, and the other was a huge success. Yeah. that's He's like, maybe I need to recreate that for this movie. What was the movie... That Jerry Stiller was in, where like Ben Stiller goes on his honeymoon and meets a another woman,
0: heartbreak kid. Yes, I was gonna bring that up here just a second ago, but I figured you were. It would not be one that you would be maybe even seen kinda, or interacted. I actually in. kind of like that movie. It was too, a pretty, it was a pretty decent movie. Damn it,
1: what's wrong with me? <laughs> we might need to get out of here. I don't, I don't <laughs> like myself right now. Jerry Stiller was hilarious in that movie. Ben Siller was fine. I mean, uh, Danny McBride's in that movie. He's funny.
0: Had he even, bl- had he even blown up yet? Before when that movie came out? Danny McBride? No, no,
1: no, no. That was before. That was no. way before. Well, it was close. It was close to... I mean, I guess Danny McBride's big sort of like coming out movie would have been Pineapple Express, right? Or was there something before that?
0: Um, No, you're probably right. Um, Where was... Tropic Thunder in that.
1: That was after Pineapple Express.
0: Okay. And then now he's got a show, uh, a show that he's been doing for quite a while, right? Is that still going on? Like, is it Eastbound and Down or something like that?
1: No, that's been done for a long time. Has it been? I, he and, did Eastbound and Down on HBO, which the first season was phenomenal. I haven't watched it since then. And then he did Vice Principals. Okay. On HBO, which again. Watched the first season of that it was really good. Didn't he might still be doing that? I don't know if he is. But I didn't watch past season one. But it was good. Both of them I liked. But did you really just ask if Eastbound and Down was new?
0: No, I knew it wasn't new. I just didn't know how if they were st- if it was still being filmed or not or what they were Oh god, no. That's been okay forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Dana McBride fan though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to see him in older movies too where he's not even a character. He's just a background guy, like in super bad. Like when they're at the adult house party, he's yeah. just a guy in the background. Uh-huh. He's just like flirting with chicks. He has no lines. He has nothing. You're not even you're not even supposed to know it's him. And you yeah. don't until years later and you go back and watch it like, oh look. There he is. He's just hanging out. Like
0: <laughs> Well, it's like what? uh I, I, I like I like watching that kind of stuff, like seeing actors who are, you know, pretty big now that going back to their movies or shows or whatever, where they were just, you know, wasn't much like, um, I can't think of what his name is. He's in Brooklyn nine, nine now, which I know you're not a fan of, but it was also in super bad. He was the one that hits Jonah Hill with his car. Yeah. I don't know what his name is, but you know, Uh he did like his part was decent in that movie, but it wasn't huge. And I don't think he was really anybody at that point. But he's actually one of my favorite parts of that that sh- that movie.
1: You know a guy named Jimmy? You remind me of his <laughs> brother. He like bends down like a creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm sorry, man. I movie. didn't even effing see you, and just the fact that he says yeah. effing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys on MySpace or what?
0: That whole um, dude. That whole movie. I love that movie.
1: It's a, it's a timeless movie, man. You it really you can't and remake that movie today, and it's
0: full of. Heavy hitters, as far as um, have you seen? Uh, speaking of super, super bad, um, it's a newer movie that Michael Sarah did about poker playing. It was God, on. No. It was on that Netflix. Sounds... I think it was called a uh, Molly's Game or something like that. It's about don't even. Okay.
1: <laughs> should I should I see that? That sounds like watching paint dry. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know if you'd like it or not.
1: I'm not a huge Michael Sarah fan.
0: Okay.
1: He, what's he been in other than Superbad that I like? Do you know anything uh, that he's been in that I, you like other than Superbad? Do you like Juno? Juno's okay.
0: Juno is okay.
1: Juno's okay. Uh,
0: you probably only like Juno because of J.K. Simmons.
1: <laughs> he's good. He's, I mean, that's a good movie. I like Jason Bateman in it. Even though oh, he's yeah. a dick. Oh, yeah. You forget Jason Bateman was in that.
0: I started watching Arrested Development again. Did
1: you ever watch it? I did. It's great. Yeah. One of the funniest shows I ever made.
0: I started going back and watching some older stuff, um, like when I'm on the treadmill in the morning and stuff. I actually started yeah. watching uh, Malcolm the, Malcolm in the Middle. Oof. They could not Oof. make that show again today. Why? It is pretty rough as far as like talking about gay people and calling people names that you cannot use anymore in today's culture and i it it gets pretty pretty rough
1: really yeah just like the first network television
0: just like in the first like episode or two it's pretty
1: i never watched it yeah you know there's a new surreal life coming out and that dude's in it which dude malcolm isn't frankie malcolm in the middle yeah really yeah you know what the surreal life is i've heard of it it's a VH1 reality show where they just put a bunch of celebrities in a house and let them.
0: How many, how many shows are like that? Why, why do I don't know? I mean, this is
1: one of the, this, (laughs) this, this, this is one of the original, this is like before rock of love, flavor of love. Like this is one of the original VH1 reality shows. Okay. Um, you know, like one season had vanilla ice and Ron Jeremy and a couple, you know, one season had flavor, Flav. Well, yeah. Flavor, Flav and, Oh, yeah. Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen. And who's the other guy in that season? The dude from Full House. But this one's supposed to be Dennis Rodman. That guy from Malcolm in the Middle and a bunch of other people who I've seen on random occasions. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. You said Malcolm <laughs> in you the Middle. Said and that that. Guy. You said you that. You said that guy. That guy's in the the picture looking he he looks 70 years old he looked 30 when he was 12 (laughs) no am i the only one that thinks that
0: i don't think so i think it's more weird to see uh brian cranston in that in that show
1: yeah yeah i was watching something the other day that he was in i was like oh yeah i forgot he was in this but i'm never gonna remember it so
0: The mom from that show, I can't remember what her name is, but I think she went on to do quite a few things after that also.
1: From Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. I have no idea. No? Yeah, like I said, I've never watched one minute of that show. Wow. That was, yeah. But now that you're saying it's so inappropriate, now I kind of want to (laughs) see it. We've been
0: kind of like going through at the house too. Like I just pick shows that are kind of, kind of be on the background, like in the background of whenever we're doing other stuff. So we started watching the wonder years.
1: Hmm. New one or old one?
0: Old one. You're so racist. It's uh, it was pretty boring.
1: Yeah. It's a boring show. Pretty, pretty boring now. Yeah. Like for the time it was good because it was, it was directed at, it was directed at people my parents' age yeah. Like it was telling their story. But if you watch it now, you're kind of like, oh God, this is all so dated. And so like, you know, but I get it. But even, get, but I, even, just, the,
0: even just the way the show was done and the way like it was put together. Um, I, I It's heard, very slow. Yeah, it is. But I heard Fred, something interesting. I heard Fred Savage on a podcast not too long ago. And he was talking about how they filmed that show. And you know Daniel Stern was the narrator for his character in the in the show, and you know who Daniel Stern is, right? Uh,
1: Marv from Home Alone. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but they were talking about how Daniel Stern would just go in and do the narrating. He wouldn't actually be on set when they were doing the narrating. So they would actually they actually had to have a guy on the set who would say the narrator's part while they were filming and that's how like Kevin Arnold and all of them knew how to have like their stopping points after they would say something or before they would say something because there's a lot of parts in the show where they're just talking and he would stop for a few seconds. The narrator would talk and then he would talk again. So yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember that. So they just had a guy
0: on set who was doing the narrating part while they were actually filming the show.
1: Notice you haven't seen that since. That's Maybe true. there's a reason.
0: That's true. But it's interesting to think that like kids were that good at acting to be able to put that, to be able to do that. Eh. Eh? Eh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that show might be a little bit dated if you watch it now. It makes sense that it was boring. But still has that theme song, man. <laughs> A good one. <laughs> I mean, it's no boy meets world, but dude, it's a I good was one.
0: just thinking the same thing. It is no boy
1: meets world. Did you know that the? Did I send you that the redhead from that show? Is a porn actress?
0: Oh, uh Caitlin Ward, or no, it's Ma- no, name. it's it's Ma- Maitland Ward. I think is her name. Maitland, yeah, I think that I'm pretty sure, pre- pretty sure that's her name. Yeah, she she Parents is she uh she's kind of been. Um, outcasted from the rest of that crew, I think. Like when they do, Why? like when they do, uh, like,
1: like when they redid the show, she wasn't asked back. Well, well that. I mean, that was part of it too, but <laughs> that I that mean, could have been the giveaway. I mean, at. like
0: when they do like conventions and stuff, cause they still do, they'll do conventions where they'll get together and uh, meet fans and stuff. I don't think she's invited to do those kinds of do things either.
1: You, have you been to, One of these conventions.
0: I haven't, but if I told you, if I tell you something right now, you're going to hate me so much, but I'm going to say it. And then in the podcast, okay, there is a boy meets world podcast that I've been listening to that does include the people from the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's riveting. Let's go.
0: Hey, I've also been listening to the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast too, with all those guys. Which actually, have you, you haven't listened to that, right? Did you even know that was
1: a thing? Uh, no, I've listened to a few things. Have you? Now you told me about it a long time ago, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, you should listen to the last couple of episodes because it's pretty funny. They did two episodes called Who's More Healthier, and they literally made blood work and, uh, and those kinds of things a competition. And they yeah. all went They all went to Quest Diagnostics and got blood work done and did all these things. And then they had a doctor come on the show and r- give them all of their results on the show. None of them knew what their results were. They could have been dying. They didn't know. And they just had a doctor come on and explain everything. And they had a competition on who was the healthiest out of all of them. It's pretty funny.
1: Aside from the diabetes, I'm healthier <laughs> than he is. Okay. I'll be sure to check that out, but after I check out the Boy Meets World podcast. You should, box, you should. Like, good God. <laughs> Let's go. Hi. <laughs> Can I just put it on record that if there were a Saved by the Bell podcast, I wouldn't listen?
0: Uh, not even for the nostalgia factor? You don't care? No,
1: no. Don't want to hear it? I'll watch. What? I, have all, I, have I was this.
0: just going to say, what if Kelly Kapowski is... Running it, and it's a YouTube podcast. I bet you'd watch it. Might change
1: my mind. You'd watch it. Probably watch like one. (laughs) One. (laughs) One. One. Anyway, Uh, we're out. out